Welcome to the Business Results Program. This is how to transform yourself, your team, and your company to perform better and achieve higher results. Let's get started. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Pete Winarski, and I'm the CEO of Win Enterprises, LLC. Check out CompleteBusinessTransformation.com and look at the latest posts and resources we put there to serve you. I started this program because I want you to know that it doesn't have to be that hard. Business leaders like you struggle to get results, to build your team, to satisfy customers, to grow your business, and to stay sane in the midst of these crazy dynamics going on around you. My team and I have had full careers in business leadership roles, and we get it. We've had the same challenges as you, and we can share what we've learned, and we can make your life easier. In this program, I will be joined by various members of our team and other guests that I know can help you. We will offer new perspectives and share some of the secrets that you're just not hearing about anywhere else. The Business Results Program is your personal journey to improve yourself as you improve your company and achieve your most important goals and deliver the business results that make you and your team happy. Now, let's get to today's episode. Pete Wynarski here with Business Results Radio, and today we're talking with Judy Nash. Now, this conversation is an interesting one because the timing just so happens we are, you know, at the, the front end, middle end, who knows where, of this COVID-19 situation, we'll call it. Um, you know, it is a pandemic. It is affecting us. We'll just call it a situation. How's that, Judy? Sounds like a, a plan. Yep. That's a <laughs> for it. Mm-hmm. So the situation obviously is an interesting one that's impacting us in a lot of different ways. And what's interesting about today's discussion with Judy, you know, we, Judy has, you know, she's in a role, superintendent of HR role in a pretty big school district and has a point of view. Now, you might think, well, Business Results Radio, why are we talking to a school district? Two really big reasons. Number one, this school district does a decent job in how they manage and how they run things. And so I want to talk to Judy a little bit about that element of it. And then secondly, we as human beings, you know, we're in this, this place right now where you know, I'm in my home office, I'm in my basement. There's upstairs, I've got my wife working at her table that she's designated as her spot. I've got my son working at his table, which is his school spot, his homework spot, because he's doing his work remotely. So obviously all of this factors all of us at this moment in time. So that's why I wanted to open up this conversation. So Judy, welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me. You bet. Let's let's just open up a little bit about you know who you are. I'm just gonna let you Take this conversation where you want. This is the part where, you know, um, know, the idea of Judy's credible because, yes, you're in that superintendent of HR role, but you also have have a lot of interesting um, elements of of your background. Um, You've been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a teacher, a principal, you have a law degree. You know, how else are you amazing, I guess, is the right way to ask this. Oh, yeah, how else am I amazing? Well, I think... um, I bring a, 
different perspective because I've worked really closely with teachers and administrators over the past 20 some years in various capacities. Mm. Before I took on this role, I was actually in professional development. So I got to um, really develop relationships with um, our different teachers, secretaries, maintenance staff, whoever we were training on any given day. And so, you know, you get to know them as people as well as workers and um, what their needs are and what their perspectives are. And so um, that's just something that I guess I bring to the conversation and, and what I now take to the conversations we're having now um, as we move forward in this completely unchartered landscape of, you know, potentially going to remote learning for 16,000 kids in the next week. So, um, <laughs> kaboom. yeah, kaboom is, is really what it's about. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting journey over the last two weeks or so. I mean, the days are starting to blur. Um, and so <laughs> I can't even remember, like, I think it was the 16th that we, realized that we were going to be, you know, closing. Actually, it was probably the week before that. Um, so yeah, it's been all systems go since probably around March 14th or so. Yeah. And all systems go with the, the foot on the, on the gas pedal all the way down. Yes. And um, I think for a lot of school districts and companies and government agencies and you know the even the private practices like dentists or or chiropractic i mean you hairdressers right everybody's going through this exact same you know the the foot's on the gas pedal all the way down but what does that mean and what's the wake you're leaving behind you and so you know part of what i love in your introduction is that you've had these these roles where you've had you know, partnerings, if you will, with a lot of different constituent groups. And the reason that that's really important is you appreciate various points of view. You get that they're human beings um, and they're, they're all trying to figure this out at the same time. Yeah, it's really interesting as I was thinking about this conversation today, I was thinking back to my professional development days when we would talk about learning for kids and what kids need to to have in their in their backpack, so to speak, in order to be um, successful in the classroom and um, what can't happen if they have trauma or they have anxiety, you know, that that is attached in that backpack. And, you know, when we talk about brain science, for example, and I think about the work of Eric Jensen and Spencer Kagan, who talk about, you know, if your amygdala is firing because of threat, you know, because of anxiety, your cognitive processes cannot function as well. And so you take that when we talk about kids and making sure we have a stable environment for kids in the classroom, adults are no different, right? I mean, kids are just adults in training. So I have to, we all have to keep in mind that um, the people around us, the you know, 2,600 employees that are in this district, plus everybody that is attached to us, whether it be suppliers or whomever, um, you know, those people have that exact same reaction when when there is threat and when there is anxiety. And all we can do right now is try to calm the waters as much as we can so that people can fire, um, you know, at all cylinders in their thinking and their planning and their decision making, you know, from a, a rational standpoint. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of get past fight or flight and into a just a, exactly. a grounded place where you can now actually think and, you know, respond to questions and be creative. And, you know, you just, you, as you pointed out, you know, and it's really, I'm glad you brought that in because it's not just about kids 
and being able to you know have, have the, this existence where they can get past the stress I mean employees and parents and families and everybody's out there experiencing this right now yeah I mean just a case in point um, we're in the process right now of two times a week um, providing over 20,000 free meals to our our um, families and just wow. the that goes behind the scenes and then in front of the scenes in that distribution that's a completely new um, you know territory for us and um, you know I, I think about the parents who are driving through to collect those meals that they need and all the things that they must be thinking about and worrying about um, you know maybe one meal being provided or four meals being provided it reduces their stress maybe this much but you know, just everything that's touching them right now. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you kind of asked about, you know, how are we staying sane? How are we, you know, staying focused? It's, it's always, it's always keeping the mindset of it's really not about us. It's about, you know, the people that we serve and what do they need and what can we do to help, um, help them, um, you know, be successful, be comfortable, um, be productive and, and um, know that we're, we're, we're with them. We're with right. them 100%. Yeah, that's a really good uh, perspective and, and something important for them to feel back to the, you know, helping to give the, you know, think of Maslow, let, let's get you safe, right? Let's get you to a place where, you know, that level of the hierarchy of needs is in place. Because if you think about, you know, you know, traditionally, we were probably higher up on the pyramid on a day-to-day -day basis. And then all of a sudden, something like this happens and, you know, we're all knocked back to the base, you know, you know level one of, of Maslow's hierarchy. So um, really interesting. Now, Judy, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want to just let everyone know that, Judy, you're answering as Judy, not as a representation of the school's opinion. This is like you, know, you read an editorial in the newspaper or magazine, and it says, you know, this is the opinion of the author, not of our publication or whatever. So just, um, you know, just to, to throw that caveat out there so everyone knows and appreciates, this is a conversation with Judy, not with the school district. So, Judy, how do you um, how do you think about the parents and the families and, and keep because you we just started to talk about wow we've got a you know the, the learning um, psychology of children you've got to make sure their amygdala is not in fight or flight and you're, you're calm them down and they're not stressed. Well, what about the extension of that now to the families? You know, what kind of messages can we give out there to help the families? Yeah, and. Um Basically, what we are focusing on and, you know, is just making sure that our families are informed about what's going on. And so um, I think before we can get to anything else, parents, families need to know what's happening, what, what is out there, you know, what um, are my kids safe, what's going to happen, you know, the more, the more information we can provide for them, but in small chunks and not overwhelming you know, ways, the, the better off we are. So, you know, we've always been a district that's communicated, you know, we've had, you know, robocalls and, and, you know, websites and things like that, that have communicated with parents. We've really amped that up over mm -hmm. the last weeks with regular updates on, um, our, on our website with robocalls that go out. Um, so really we're trying our very best to just keep, you know, the information flowing. So, that everybody is connected. And, and I think there's, there are two things, survival tips, like you were asking a little bit about earlier, that is keeping us together is um, staying connected and staying engaged. 
Those are the two things that we have to, that we absolutely have to keep our focus on. And what I mean by connected is making sure that we are connecting with all the different stakeholders that we need to connect with and who could be responsible and delegated to, you know, being on the front line of connecting to those individuals. And then the engagement piece, mm -hmm. how are we engaging them in what ways? And then how are we getting feedback back? to make sure that we're really meeting their needs. And that's actually a conversation that we're starting to have now. Like we're getting right, we're pushing all this stuff out, but eventually we're gonna have to kind of pull back in and say, okay, is this working? <laughs> you know, and right. if it's not, then we'll make some adjustments. And if it is working, you know, great, it, it, we're gonna continue on. So, you know, those two things I think are, um, for me anyway, I think um, the, the, the guiding principles that are carrying us through right now. Yeah, the, the idea, you know, just, I'm going to occasionally tie it to a few business concepts. And so the, the plan, do check after the Deming wheel, that cycle of mm -hmm. you have a plan and you're acting on it. And now you've got to pause and check and say, how's it working? Is it, you know, what connections, what corrections, what fixes, what, you know, let's do more of what's working and let's fix the things that are not, and then turn the cycle again. Right. So therefore what's, let's act differently this way. What's the next plan? Let's do that plan. Let's check it and act and just keep the cycle turning. So, um, really, yeah. and, and we are, we, funnily enough, we are a continuous improvement district. I mean, we operate completely on, on the plan, do study act model. It usually goes with academics and looking at data right now. We have completely shifted to something else. We still have to keep, you know, making sure our kids learn, but we're also bringing in all these other pieces that are making that PDSA wheel go a little faster. So. Yeah, life is nothing but a string of Kaizen events right here live. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Yeah, so um, so here we are in this environment and, you know, this situation as as we called it. And how, how do you make decisions, um, you know, collectively? That, and, you know, again, this isn't about your district and, and anything specific, but just advising from an organization standpoint, whether it's a school district or a company, you know, our company right now, we're all working remotely. We've been self-quarantined and that just like everyone else, right? It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a big deal right now. How do you think about, is the right way to ask this question. How do you think about when is it time to turn the school back on, turn the company back on, I mean, this is obviously a big debate because the economy's obviously going to nosedive for a while here. And, you know, the debate of, well, do we just try and kickstart the economy by telling everybody to go back and then there's no more social distancing and there's, you know, the, and if the virus isn't, you know, really settled yet, then that, the, there's risk attached, obviously. Um, how do you think about this? I think, um, you know, we have to look at two things. First of all, what guidelines do we have that, you know, what constraints do we have to work in? If we're being told no more than 10 people can congregate in an office setting, then obviously I can't have more than 10 people in an yeah. office setting. And so, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I'm entertaining right now, and I've had conversations with one of our groups, um, one of our collective bargaining groups is, how do we create a rotating system for coming in? Because people do need to come in. They need to be at their desk. They need to be at files. They can't, you know, some sensitive information we can't send home necessarily to work remotely when we're in a school district. Um, so how do we allow for that need to be fulfilled, but in a way that's equitable, depending on the job responsibility, and um, it, it is, is in a way that um, is convenient as well, so that people can make sure that their other needs are being met. Because one of the things that, you know, actually kind of keeps me up at night right now is, you know, um, when our teachers start remote learning um, in the next couple weeks, 
many of them are home with their own kids, you know, and are, are homeschooling their own children right now. And so how are they going to find that work-life balance so that they can attend to that need as well as the needs of the 24 to 32 kids that they have in a classroom as well, you know? So um, those are things that I, I can't make those decisions alone. And I would imagine in industry, it's no different. You really have to have um, the perspectives of the people who are your, your, your stakeholders. And so it, it can't just be your administrators. It's gotta be your, your union representative or your, um, your de facto leaders, so to speak. Um, those people are critical in the conversation. The, the very first conversation we even had in March, uh, you know, on March 14th, wasn't just amongst our senior leadership team, it was with our, our union presidents so that we could say, okay, let's, you know, brainstorm this together. You know, what is going to work? What is going to fly? What isn't going to fly? And, and we collaborated together to come up with a workable solution, at least temporarily until we could figure out what the long-term plan was. And guess what? In about 14 minutes, the governor's going to speak um, and all the plans that we had for, you know, next week could be completely up in the, the carpet. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, back to that connected piece, you know, they're on speed dial, right? Like as soon as we know we're, we're talking. And so um, we can't leave those people out of the mix. We absolutely have to keep their perspective, um, you know, with ours as we're making decisions to make sure that everything is going to roll the way we want it to. Well, one thing I'll, I'll share that I noticed just in the, the few conversations we've had in the short time that we've known each other, I hear the word come out of your mouth, collaboration, quite a bit. And so I imagine from a management style, you know, so now we're a little bit less about COVID-19 and just, you know, stylistically, how to get stuff done effectively. You seem to put a pretty high premium on the concept of collaboration. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. You know, when you think about the word collaboration, it's co-labor, right? It's the two of us laboring together. And um, one of the things that we've um, really discovered as a, as a team this year is that um, if you just rely on me to fix the, the, the problem, um, you may not necessarily like what I've done to fix the problem. And so then we go into this endless cycle of, well, I didn't like that, so change it. And, you know, it's better to work together side by side, shoulder to shoulder to come up with those solutions so that we own the solution or we own the failure of the solution and can problem solve together than it is for me to try to just fix it. Um, because nobody, not everybody's going to be happy. Actually, I would say fewer people will be happy if it's just one person fixing the situation as opposed to everybody, you know, having their, their, you know, hands on it. And granted, there are situations that, you know, collaboration is not appropriate. You know, you know, I know this, many of us know this. There are times when we have to make snap decisions that are completely unilateral. But when we're talking about moving in an organization this size, that fast, there's no way that one person, three people, 10 people can do that alone. You have to have your soldiers, so to speak, that will help you carry forth what needs to be done. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So if I, if I wanted to know, um, you know, how would I take my team if I had, whether it's school, company, et cetera, that um, maybe historically we didn't, have a process in place that enabled collaboration. It was more of the leader deciding and everyone else just 
going for it and falling in mm -hmm. place or not. Uh, that's the other yeah. reality of that situation. But what would you suggest if you wanted to superpower and inject in to create a collaborative environment? What would you inject into that situation? I think number one, um, you you really have to have buy-in from everybody willing to to go through that journey together. Um, and if they're not in it, if their heart's not in it, then it's not going to work. And so part of that is trust building um, and um, you know being a good listener and um, thinking about the relationship that you have and the interest that you have and how you balance um, your desire for for maintaining the relationship with the the task that needs to get done and there's um, a beautiful matrix that i can share that we that we sometimes utilize when we're deciding okay is this one of those things that i'm just going to say okay or are these things that i'm going to tell you no this is this is my decision you know and, and all based on you have to weigh you know how you how you value the relationship um you know when you're when you're going up and down that spectrum of decision making right so um that's that's part of it um, but that trust piece is absolutely essential. Without that, nothing, nothing flies. So really building on that. And to me, the communication piece is what starts the, the trust building, right? And asking questions, getting feedback, listening, you know, being willing to, you know, change directive or change direction if you need to change direction because something isn't working. Like that goes a long way in building a trusting relationship and then you know like we're still new to this, some of this work as well and so we actually have some protocols that we use um, for conversation that um, really help guide us in determining you know the relationship the stories that, that we call like what's your story and how would you perceive it what's this person's story and how they would perceive it you know perceive it what are our interests and then what are our possible solutions and then how do we carry forward so truly staying to a protocol for doing some of that problem solving work together really is helpful especially in the beginning until it's automatic um, that really has helped us in many respects um, so that's kind of how we've started to kickstart it a little bit um, and you know it's it's a work in progress right and like I yeah. said it's we're gonna we're gonna own the successes and we're also gonna own the the tweaking that needs to, to happen as well but we're together well, what I love about Judy how you just described you know kind of the the how to build collaboration I mean that's a leadership you, you just gave a tutorial on leadership you also gave a tutorial <laughs> on parenting right I think you know the oh, building yes. trust and communicating well you know, that you need to do that as a leader whatever your role is doesn't matter um, you know, what your title is in a leadership role that's those are elements of of good behavior you're not necessarily or don't have to be the smartest person in the room you just have to make sure that you get the whole team marching in the right direction on the correct initiatives that's right get all the arrows pointed in the same direction exactly yeah very good so just as we wrap up here now is there you know and, and we can take this in a non-covid situation place or the reality of the world we live in today what's really important for you to share that we haven't talked about yet uh with respect to what management or yeah, so i just insane, open, or? Let's open, open this up let's stick on the management side and managing and being you know making you know being a good role model decision maker um in that 
in that environment. Let's go there. You know, I think you actually mentioned it. Um, never once do I feel like I'm the smartest person in the room. Um, never once. When everybody is pulling together, that is when you're going to get the best results, in, in my opinion. Um, there is no way that we could do the work that we're doing right now if we weren't completely arm in arm marching through it together. Um, so I may have said that already many times, but um, to me, the key to success is having a, a good team around you, whether you're the leader or you're a member of that team, um, we're stronger together. And so um, really that to me is the key to everything right now. Fantastic. Well, as I wrap it up then for this conversation we just have with Judy, now listeners, hopefully you paid attention even if you are not in a school district yourself, right? You don't have to be a teacher or an administrator. You don't even have to have kids in the school system. Just know that the wisdom, I hope you picked up on this, that Judy just shared, does cut across organization boundaries and even into parenting and relationships, right? So. Um, you know, there's a, some very important nuggets in here. Listen to this episode again, take some notes. If you didn't hear it the first time, go back and pay attention to some of those leadership and just relationship building messages. We all in our lives have issues and challenges and problems to solve, whether it's a big pandemic sized or just the small day-to-day -day activities. And there are definitely some bits of advice that you can apply from what Judy shared today. So Judy, thank you so much. Thank you. So P1RC Business Results Radio, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Results Radio. Remember to share this episode on social media or directly with people you think would benefit from it. And if you are willing, Subscribe to this podcast and give us a five-star rating. Go ahead and do that now while you're thinking of it. I also want to invite you to visit businessresultsradio.com. And if you want to learn more about the Win Enterprises team or about the business consulting and mentoring services we provide, visit completebusinesstransformation.com. Thanks a bunch, and we will catch you again soon.